0: From the breeding grounds through the migration
1: routes to the southern wintering areas, Ducks Unlimited has been conserving waterfowl habitat for 86 years. DU volunteers and supporters have helped conserve over 15 million acres, but the work isn't done yet. To play your part in the next 15 million acres, visit www.ducks.org and join our volunteer team or find an event near you. Ducks Unlimited, the world leader in wetlands and waterfowl conservation.
2: Bottomland is Mossy Oak's original camel pattern created by Toxie Hayes over three decades ago. This pattern preserves the original design while applying advanced technology for increased effectiveness. The same field-proven components and colors, the same dirt and bark elements, the same ability to blend into dark environments and obscure a hunter's outline from every angle. Mossy Oak Bottomland.
1: This episode is brought to you by Mossy Oak, because everything is better in bottomland. Kent Cartridge, quality matters, performance counts. Shen gear, waterfowl gear that is built better. Benelli USA, dominate the skies. And Ducks Unlimited, the world's leader in wetlands and waterfowl conservation. Hey, welcome to another episode. <laughs> Of the Rolling Thunder podcast Roll the dice (laughs) Uh, Well hey thanks for joining us It's been a minute Um, Boy Every time I think the pace around here can't get any quicker And heavier It seems like it just picks up Um, Duck season has come and gone For some of us We went out In a blaze of glory For some of us we crashed in a blaze of glory. <laughs> Either way, it is over and you can't do anything about days that have gone by other than learn from them. Yep.
2: Yep. And days of them, yesteryear.
1: Do them different the next go around. Mhm. I want to start this podcast. I got a good agenda for us today. Okay, we're going to fully nerd out <clears throat> on the old new BSOD reborn uh keyhole call. Yeah, motorcycle crib. Uh we're gonna nerd out today. But before we start, I'm gonna I wanna kinda give you a, a uh, uh, I started my morning just a little somber and I wanna kinda tell this little story and I just wanna, you know, this has nothing to do with our topic of conversation today. But as as many of you know, famous country singer Toby Keith passed away this week mm-hmm. and uh he fought a Valiant fight against cancer and my buddy, Jason Hart said it best. He said Toby Jason is uh works for Mossy Oak Jason said, uh, Toby was just like one of us. He loved to hunt and fish. He loved America He loved his Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And, uh, he was a red-blooded Country boy just like <laughs> the rest of us and um He had a, a hard battle with cancer, but Anyways, in, in the in the days that have followed his passing, the ironically the last song that he played live in a concert was called "Don't Let the Old Man In." And have you seen references to this on social media? "Don't Let mm-hmm. the Old Man In." People are so people have been saying "Let the Old Man In," you know, like reference in heaven. And so I, I didn't really know what that meant. And I this morning I, I looked it up. Well. In 2019, Toby was out west, I think in L.A. or something, playing golf. And he met Clint Eastwood, who was 83 at the time, who's now five, six years later. it's He's 87, 88, still living. But he's an old man, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, apparently Toby Keith liked to play golf, just like all the rest of us, you know, and uh, more than me. But uh, they, they played some golf, drank some beer together. And, um, and, and Clint was aggressively preparing for his next big movie that he was going to be the star actor in. And, um, and Toby Keith, the story goes, Toby Keith asked him, what in the hell keeps you going like this? And, he's, and, and the story gets told by Toby that Clint Eastwood looked at him and said, son, you got to wake up every day and don't let the old man in, cause he's a coming. <laughs> and so uh, I listened to this song, and man, the song is just about—it's about growing old, you know. Mm-hmm. And I mean, none of us are as young as we were yesterday, right? That's right. So at some some point, you know, some part, some portion of of each one of us is different because we're older than it was mm-hmm. yesterday and last year and the year before that. Man, I just got to thinking about it, and I got to. Walling it around And um, You know This duck season For me was Was really Really interesting Because right When the second split Came in Early December We had A bunch of guys At my dad's house And we hunted At Little Reno And we Did our usual Killed a couple Of five gallon buckets Full of ducks (laughs) And one mallard And we're rejoicing Over that mallard And passing around For pictures And all that kind of (laughs) jazz You know The good old West Tennessee stuff and we left there, and I came here to work and I'd let Tripp skip school that day. And I got back here and I sat down in that chair right where Gurk is sitting. And I took a phone call and I was having a meeting on the telephone. And um, while I was on the telephone, my dad called back to back. And then about 10 seconds later, my mom called. And by the time she called and now I'd missed three phone calls from them in a 30 you know, second period of time, I knew something was wrong. And I I can't remember who I was talking to, but I said, you're gonna have to give me just a minute. You know, something's something's not right. I need to call you back. So I called my, I answered my mom's call and she was frantic. She was about an hour from the house. And I think she was having lunch with some friends or something. And she said, your daddy's, something's not right. I think your daddy's having a heart attack. I was like, oh my gosh. Immediately, you know, my heart sinks Mm -hmm. and my mind drops because I'm thinking my poor dad called me twice. Mm -hmm. He's having a heart attack and I didn't answer the telephone. So i call him and man he can just barely speak and he says i i think i'm okay but i'm i I gotta go to the hospital and so long story short my uncle is a radiologist a retired radiologist and i got on the telephone with him he was out of town deer hunting and he called me and said your dad's definitely having a heart attack there's no doubt in my mind all the symptoms line up blah 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 blah." and he said you know y'all need to get him to, to germantown methodist and so that led to you know, a, about a three-hour melee of rushing from here to back of it to the hospital, you know. And, and long story short, he had a, just a nasty gallbladder attack, no heart problems at all. But it was those three or four hours where I was 100% convinced I was going to the hospital, begging the Lord to let me tell him goodbye mm-hmm. and that I was going to bury him. I mean, mm-hmm. and so the rest of duck season just felt different for me because you know, I hunted with him and my uncle and the kids every Saturday this whole duck season. I did not miss a single Saturday at the house with them, and you know it, it wasn't glamorous we didn't we didn't do any major mallard killing um, but we spent time together, and it was really special and and like that, the way I felt that day just... It, I carried it with me all season long. Well, so fast forward, you know, I I was this big, you know, one of these days watching my dad and my uncle come in from hunting, wanting to know what they did, wishing that I got to go. Like just, mm-hmm. I, I, I so vividly remember that. And so this year, just, you know, between that happening with dad and then just watching them age, they both basically retired this year. And so they've got a lot more time on their hands and, uh, man, that... That song, I listened to it a couple times this morning, boy. It just hit me right between the <laughs> eyes. I was just like, "Wow!" I mean, you know, it's 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 time is a thief, and you know, you got to do your best to enjoy every day that you got. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, every one of us is either the old man or somebody that's looking up to the old man, or you know, there's like the little kid. The middle-aged guy or the old man and they're and we're we're in one of those spots and i'm sitting there thinking about you know my dad and I, and I texted him and my uncle and i said hey you need to listen to this it's just you know toby keith wrote this about clint eastwood and i said here's the here's to not letting the old man in there's a little boy in here inside of me that needs y'all to not <laughs> let the old man in and then it kind of hit me like a ton of bricks on the way after that you know there's a little boy coming behind me and he doesn't want me to let the old man in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so uh anyways, here's to you, Toby Keith, and here's to all of you, you know, good folks listening. Don't let the old man in. Uh stay young.
3: There you go. <sighs> okay. Don't let that old man in. Don't.
2: <laughs> Don't look at me like that when you tell me that. No Gert. kidding, Girl. <laughs>
3: Don't
1: let the old man in. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Garrick. You just uh, lightened the mood a little bit. Wiped the tears out of my eyes and <laughs> um. Woo! How about NWTF? Y'all are not nearly stressed it's out enough coming. for me. It's coming. I, I get quiet whenever I get stressed. So I'm pretty stressed. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty stressed. <laughs> we sat down to listen to the intro, and I looked around at y'all, and y'all are not. Y'all are all just kinda quiet and I can't tell if y'all are as stressed as I am or if you're oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. just oh, like, yeah. Oh, it's all fine. <clears throat>
2: <clears throat> yeah. It's gonna uh, be fine. We're a little stressed, but it's gonna be fine. It's gonna be fine.
1: We're we're not in a bad position uh-uh. for, for where we really need to be. I mean, we're we're not I don't think we're behind yet.
4: No, we're juggling I would, along pretty good. I would
1: say we're yeah. pretty much right on schedule. Yeah. yeah. We've actually got a pile of stuff by the front door.
4: I think it's just
1: waiting to be loaded. Habit of stress before NWTF. Yeah, it's yeah. just a lot
4: of stuff. I
0: forgot how like quick it is after dog season. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so
1: did I. vengeance. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, every year I think I'm going to place orders for stuff before Christmas because the the day after Christmas you're like you're like six weeks from NWTF. Then mm-hmm. most everybody wants thirty days to make something. like if you need mm-hmm. t-shirts or bags or hats or whatever you need, like. And you think, well, if I can just get to the end of duck season, I man. You get to the end of duck season, it's like, that's one of the world I need these before NWTF. Oh, so you need them yesterday, yeah. tomorrow? Yeah, mm-hmm. like, yeah um, it just doesn't work that way. Uh, but yeah, it is coming a hurry. Mm-hmm. It is coming a hurry. Um, what y'all
2: thinking?
1: <laughs> Feeling good? You nervous? You?
3: And then there's just a lot of unknown expectations that are going to happen at NWTF.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm excited to see everybody's reaction.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, I'm excited too. I'm I'm nervous. I don't know why I'm nervous, other than just when you when you roll something out there, you just there's there's a little part of you know. uh, I think no matter how old you are and how much no matter how much success or failure you achieve, you just in your gut you always feel like. The little kid, you're gonna step up there and strike out when it matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I know we're not gonna strike out, but <laughs> <laughs> <Cold>. <laughs> I'd rather run the bases than I would have to stand up there and hit the pitch coming down the middle. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. but that's what keeps you getting up in the morning and keeps you going after it. Um uh, so I'm about to get wild. What you think about the old B S O D Girk? Well, I think it's a
3: really good call. I feel like it's gonna. <laughs> I feel like it's gonna be a lot of, a lot of people are gonna enjoy opening it out of that box and immediately just want to hear the sound of it.
2: You think they're gonna grip it like a motorcycle and go rum rum? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> First person's gonna buy two.
0: Yeah.
2: Rum, 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 It'd be, rum, be cool
4: just to open the box for nostalgia purposes in that alone much less you know how good it sounds i mean a lot of people that's cool i mean it's cool to bring back the bsod you see how much everybody wants it
1: what year did you start
4: i started with you in 17 i think
1: right Uh, i know that but i mean what year did you start working for bgc uh 2010 dang so you really were there from the beginning you were yeah you were there at BGC when I first came to use the yep. laser engraver and mm-hmm. all that.
4: Yeah, from the beginning.
1: Aaron's the real OG. I mean, to my knowledge, it would just be Aaron. After Aaron would be Derek and me that's going to be be there. Boy, them suckers were rough, weren't they? <laughs> <laughs>
4: Man, my desk back then—if people would have seen that, would have just—I could have retired. I could have left Spence. I I mean, insanity. I couldn't.
1: They were everywhere. What did Buck think back then about them keyholes?
4: Uh, I don't know if he had too much an opinion. Um, at first, I, I know he hated him. He, I don't think he, he thought they yeah, were annoying. He, he was definitely all you know in the J frame, you know. Uh, but
1: but like, uh, I I think he, he thought it was silliness at first. Yeah, you know?
4: and I think he's seen where it was kind of starting to take off, and I I want to say he made a mold and uh, no, he tried to he buy tr- one,
1: right? Um, he tried to undercut me okay. on the on Max. Okay, he and Slayton did. Uh, I don't know if I can even say that on air. Hmm. Surely Slate Dog's not going to listen to this. <laughs> Who knows? But yeah, I, that was my first experience was He got real yeah. jealous. I can remember real quick.
4: seeing seeing the mold, asking about it. Um, nothing ever came of it. Um, he didn't.
1: Is the mold is the mold that Echo bought? That's right. I knew it was. It was, something it was to Mr. Clayton that had right. that mold. Yeah, and he was trying to get mm-hmm. he was trying to get Rick to buy it. He was trying to get yep. uh Buck to buy it and he was trying to get Butch to buy it. He was trying to get anybody to buy it that could because he, mm-hmm. he wanted to collect his money.
4: Yeah. Um, um, but no, the, after that, and that was very short-lived, he put no interest in it. So it was all screaming J frames for him. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, but... Uh, yeah, because I can remember Trip was Born. Damn, a couple of weeks old when... I first met Miss Lindy. Mm-hmm. So, uh, dang, that's crazy to think about that.
1: Now. Mm-hmm. One year, the first year that I went to Max, I didn't have all my stuff because they were engraving it, and Lindy brought calls to Aaron, and he engraved mm-hmm. them like one night. Yeah, or, I did. Or, and then drove them to me in Stuttgart, and I put them together behind the call counter at Max. And it was like oh, Aaron, Aaron, Aaron drove over there and delivered me those calls. I did. And, I did. <laughs> and then
4: turned track. around and delivered your keys to you. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. I
1: forgot about that. I lost
4: those keys. That was a year after, or so, or year two. I thought.
1: Well, what uh, what y'all think about the call in general?
2: It's a fun call to operate, it's different. It's, like what I've been saying, meat and potatoes. Those guys that like that, just that. I mean, Dallas was talking about it because I did up a pink BSOD for him. Mm-hmm. That one that he got from the AC's fish house. And he's like, man, that's just real meat and potatoes. Just It's not something I'd really go on stage with, but it's something I would pick up and hunt every mm-hmm. day. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's kind of what this is like.
1: <laughs> Kirk, what do you think about all this rambling around that we're doing? Um, These things. Y'all have them cut downs up there in South Dakota? No, we don't. We, I mean, we don't have the
3: flooded timber that y'all have or the flooded forest that, that that's down here. No, I, I think there's a lot to know about the BSOD itself. I mean, I don't even know how many times I've asked what does BSOD even stand for and Black Stick of Death. And, I mean, where did, where did Black Stick of Death even originate? That's a good question. Like, who? What guy said? Oh, let's name this thing the Black Stick of Death.
1: It's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, seriously. No, and then I, said, I, I, "Hey, let's raise the letters
3: on the barrel."
1: Okay, no, that's a great question. Uh, I don't know who said Black Stick of Death, but that was a common nickname that was given to ults that were turned around backwards. People would say, you know, because it wasn't a an ult that was turned around backwards and modified was not something that was you know commercially sold and so you know you'd, you'd hear people refer to you know like you know oh what's he you know what, what calls that oh it's you know it's the old black stick of death like is a kind of a secret name um, um, so I mean that the the reason that the reason that the letters were raised is because um, when uh, when I first was trying to replicate that shape and then and you know and, and the style of call and all those things man i was scared to death that the old family would file a class action lawsuit against me and all two dollars i had in my checking account mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know my crummy little we were watching that youtube video the other day of me running over that truck mm-hmm. you know running over that that call with the truck i mean I paid $500 for that truck and sold it for $700, you know, after I put 50,000 miles on it and had to set of BF Goodrich tires on it that I bought for $50 off the, out of the newspaper. I mean, I didn't have two nickels rubbed together. Still don't, but I mean, geez, the, uh, I was scared to death. I wanted to make a cut down and I wanted to replicate my sound, but I, man, I, I didn't have any idea how to do that in a way that both like, Communicated a cut down so that people looked at it and were like oh yeah that's definitely a cut down but didn't violate some sort of I didn't know anything about intellectual property and so I didn't know if like the way that mouthpiece was designed or the length of the mm-hmm. barrel or the I, I didn't know I just didn't want somebody suing my butt <laughs> 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 uh, I mean hell at the time honestly at the time I was living in my mom and dad's house upstairs I mean we'd, we'd just moved back from seminary and we didn't have a house. Um, and, I mean, I, I was legit, I was scared. That's where the raised letters came from.
5: Hmm.
1: And, cool. I, and I figured that, I mean, they weren't exactly attractive. You know, they weren't aesthetically like, ooh, that's beautiful. <laughs> I mean, they were just gaudy. But I kind of mm-hmm. figured in people's pictures, you know, that gaudy would stand out. Yeah. And so I just thought, it looks like a cut down. There are no other cutdowns available, mm-hmm. and um, that, now let me back up. There was one other cutdown available, and it was the DFB. But when we start, first started cutting this mold, the DFB was not available, the, the The black ops thing. So in my mind, I was trying to have, make a black duck call that looked like an ult turned around backwards, and um, a, and I was trying not to. Get sued, <laughs> and I was trying to make sure that I made a duck call that stood out because I mean you know a black duck call just looks like a black duck call and um, um hold on one second um anyways I you know so that that was my that was my goal and I didn't I mean my first what I really wanted to do right out the gate was. I wanted to. I wanted to call it a PSO. I, I actually called the Olt family, and then I, I, I got a friend of my dad's who was a lawyer to write them a letter, and I tried to I tried to license their name. And so, when you license something, you basically just pay them a fee to rent it. And mm-hmm. so, I, my whole pitch to them was, I'll build the mold. I'll sell the call. I'll do everything and just let me pay you, you know, a dollar a call or something along those lines for use of your mm-hmm. name because I thought, how cool would that be? Then I could really mm-hmm. flex on the world and be like, the PSO <clears throat> is back, you know. <laughs> had no idea, you know, and I mean, they just ignored me. <laughs> <laughs> At every attempt, they ignored me. And so that's when I was like, well, how do I get close to that? I knew that the tone board was different because I had to change shape, you know, but – I wanted the outside to still look like a cut down. I mean, hell, I don't know. In those early years, you couldn't hardly give those things away. I mean, we <laughs> we were forty dollars is what we charged for them, and we would do um, three of them for a hundred. You know, yeah. <laughs> there you go. A pretty good <laughs> deal right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somebody sell me three of them. Uh, for 100. <laughs> we sold every one we took to Stuttgart that first winter. We launched and, or I mean, we didn't. even you launch is such a fancy term like you burp, 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 <laughs> launch. Uh <laughs> launch meant I paid the I paid whatever the GoDaddy. GoDaddy wasn't even a company then, but it mm-hmm. was um myhosting.com. I registered the website Rolling Thunder Game Call and the website was white page with black letters that said B S O D, you know, the I think it said the loudest cut down duck call, the loudest duck call ever made. That's what it said. That was our, that was our, that was our go-to phrase, and uh, and I had a sound file on there. And so when you opened up the the when you open up the website, it was a sound file of me blowing duck call in my parents' kitchen, <laughs> and uh,
2: that's that, you know.
1: So I never would have thought in a million years that people would actually want that, but just as as we've the last couple of years as we've grown i mean that's the number one thing we hear right i mean the people are they, they love the excel and the xls they love all the calls that we've made but i mean it's a couple times a week somebody's walking in here bringing us you know one of the old raised letter calls mm-hmm. or or mailing it to us or you know mm-hmm. i mean we have a ton of people that have lost the inserts that, you know, yep. come in and want it, want the inserts, and we don't have any more of those. Just to clarify, we do not have any more of those. <laughs> well, we, had any of those we don't time. have <laughs> any more. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I know there are a few Ziploc baggies <laughs> that are not going to get opened. But, no, I mean, um, I guess that's just kind of always been in our head. And, um. Yeah, that answers your question, Gert.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where'd y'all get the Black Stick of Death name from?
1: I, I don't. I really don't remember. I mean, I, it, it was just a. My only recollection was that when I started getting interested in ults in about two thousand four, two thousand five, um, I met. That's about when. We, my uncle met Dennis Campbell in 2005. It was the first time I'd ever seen somebody turn an ult around backwards and heard it and watched the way ducks reacted. So, you know, I, I I started buying some and trying to find out where I could get an old and asking Dennis questions, and he was a crotchety. <laughs> he wasn't, I mean. Not changed. No, hey. no. <laughs> uh, he's actually, he softened up a bunch, but he's still that way. Oh, yeah, You're right, he's just dry yeah, and just yeah. like – he. Killing any ducks? I don't know. I ought to type it in Google and see what it says. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the kind of thing he would say. <laughs> yeah. uh, and uh, anyways, but one thing led to another. And um, in those years, you know, the web Facebook didn't have groups. Facebook was just barely a thing. It was mm-hmm. the MySpace and all whatever mm-hmm. the other social platforms were, but um, the the place that people interacted online was those web forums. And so the Arkansas duck hunters page of the refuge, refuge forum was forums. hopping yeah. all the time. <laughs> and then the, um, there was Arkansas duck hunters.net. That was a big one. And I mean, those, those two pages were just those stayed
2: relevant until probably like 2013 or 14.
1: Yeah. I, they're actually still working. I mean, Jeez. I, I haven't, um, I haven't, I uh, will right, we'll try to dive back in and remember where we we're at. We had, we had the, the, one of the unfortunate things, is, or it's fortunate for us, but we don't have like a fancy studio. So we're no. sitting right here by the front door when customers <laughs> come in. <laughs> Libby's Libby's seven today. So we had to meet our, cust- our our friendly new customers. They're from Oklahoma. It's, mm. it's, it's their birthday. Aubrey, right? Yeah. Yeah. So happy yeah. birthday. Um, as the owner, I got to say, if I was buying a duck call, I would have old three time <laughs> over there blowing so I can hear what it sounds like. We got him fixed up. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Good deal. All right. Up. See y'all later. Happy birthday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. We were talking web forums, I think, and oh, raised yeah. letters, and yeah. Anyways, um. So I mean, the same kind of thing was happening then that's happening now. You couldn't get an old. And if you got them, they were crummy. People mm-hmm. were selling the ones that they had screwed up, you know, and um, I mean they were expensive. They were just expensive then as they, I mean they were 100 plus, you know, dollars in 07 to I'd say 10 11. You could find them every now and then cheaper than that, but I mean the good ones yeah. had the painted 348205, you know, on the insert mm-hmm. like they, those have always had a been been a premium. Right. And, and when Cutdown started, you know, when Fleeman started selling the Black Ops and then we started selling, I mean, it picked up steam in a hurry because right on the heels of us selling the B.S.O.D., I mean, right third in line or hmm, – yeah, third in line was the Real Deal Meat Hunter. What a name. Hell and right. A name. Yeah, Meat Hunter. Real Deal Meat Hunter. It was – uh. I can't remember the dude's name now that that did that, but he machined sort of a, a cut down style. Had a you know, it was a, a, it was Delrin, acrylic and stuff like that. And um and then right on the heels of that was the R and T Mondo. And um, so it was all kind of a flurry right there between fall of ten and like Christmas of two thousand eleven. I think the the Mondo officially was in the Max catalog in fall of 2011. Um, and and so that fall of 2011 was the first time that we were at Max. And, I, I mean, R&T didn't even have enough Mondos in 2011 to put them in Max. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they mm-hmm. sold a few online, and it just took off. And um, I remember in those early years, the coolest thing was nobody knew what a cutdown was. So the fact that R&T had – an acrylic cut down for $125, you know, I mean, people would buy mine just to try it Mm, because it was 40 bucks. Mm -hmm. And then if they liked it, they'd buy an acrylic one because there was this, and still is, you know, there's a perception of value, polycarbonate versus acrylic and machined. And, um, and so it was, it was, it was awesome because Mm -hmm. it was like, they were out there advertising, they were operating as a cut and plow, you know, and here I was just doing my thing. And I mean, we couldn't keep up with them and, um so yeah that's where the raised letters came from
3: how much of a year gap is there from the point of the bsod being you know able to purchase from the start of it like when it went obsolete till you know the 15th of you
1: know this you mean like when do we retire it basically yeah so in those early years Michael Fleeman had a hell of a following in Arkansas. You know, I was from Tennessee, right? So on these pages, we were talking about Arkansas stuff. And I mean, that's where the term oozer comes from out of state hunter. You know, well, it, that is one of those acronyms. And BSOD was kind of also one of those acronyms, like that people would, you had all these little handles. So you had like in your signature of those things, you had like you'd you'd put like the the duck call you blew on there. You put your dog's name and all their titles. You put how many bands you had. Like you had all these k stupid loser little... spents at the yeah. Bottom. I mean yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and so like like you had a handle and it was very anonymous. Mine was Stout Hal. You know, and I mean, and you had because <laughs> hilarious. Isn't it? But it, it was that because at the time lacrosse because... lacrosse didn't have talls and shorts. They had regulars and stouts, and so I had a I wore a ten stout. That was just my size, you know. It was like a little extra room in the belly, and you know, I mean, it was great. Stick your coat inside you waiters if you needed to. Um, boy, as a side note, that's a long. We've come a long way with waiters. I was talking. Those about were that five millimeter, five millimeter neoprene with fleece glued to the inside of the neoprene. Do you know how hot them rigs were? Mm-hmm. I mean, you could have a thunderstorm in between your legs. You go to walk into a duck hole, and you were ringing wet, and it was not because your waiters leaked. It was because mm-hmm. you were making sweat. Yeah. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Yeah. And they were very stiff to walk stiff, in. Stiff, heavy boots. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I still, <laughs> That's still why when I get up from a chair, I'm like, oh, my <laughs> hell. Yeah. Hodgman's.
4: Yeah, I had the Hodgman's.
1: So I was just
3: living in luxury, didn't even know it when what i do first you mean? put on the waders and come in here into the woods oh. you've never worn neoprene waiters? well oh, maybe gosh. once
2: oh my god when, and, we, and when
3: look, we were hunting uh, the flooded corn back home
1: yeah maybe but that's it <laughs> 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 the funny thing about that is neoprene was light years better than the two or three things that predated it i mean it it, it waders have come a long way mm-hmm. in 20 years and i mean i'm i'm not an old guy Waiters have come a long way in my adult lifetime. I mean, a long ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, we, we won't we won't rabbit hole there. But um,
2: remember, like the old uh, wool booties that you used to have to put on inside mm-hmm. the waiters.
1: God, yeah, the Cabela's those. the <laughs> Cabela's brush busters came with a pair of light tan colored felt insoles, and you put them on. You slipped them on. They came up about middle of your shin. And they they were not tight. They had a split down the front of them so that your foot could you know flex in them. And then you stuck that in the in the waiter because your boots were just a rubber shell. You didn't have any insulation in the boot. And that not all of them were like that, but that's the way the Cabela's were. And they were man, they were tough. Thousand denier, one thousand denier. Like seat covers are like one hundred and fifty denier. I mean, they were so stiff they'd stand up in the dang corner of the. <laughs> But they didn't leak, and they didn't tear it up. You couldn't it. cut them. Mm-mm. Cabela's had an advertisement with a – like a steak knife trying to cut <laughs> through it. You, you couldn't. <laughs> I mean, the only way it was leaking is if the rubber in that boot just dry rotted and cracked. And, and I mean, it – I still had mine as of a couple of years ago because they were – I mean, it was like, I don't know why I would ever put them on, but, I mean, they were – you know, they had – they were like – 60 inches around, you know, I mean, you had to have a, you had to have a belt to cinch them up. I mean, they were,
2: and La Crosse was like one of the first companies where you could go get sized for them. hmm And, yep. They're, so their neoprene was a little bit, a little slimmer. Yeah, yep. and more advanced than some mm-hmm. of the other brands, but some of the other brands, the balls, isn't that what mm-hmm. they're called? Red
1: Balls. Red Balls. <laughs> yeah, you could buy them at Walmart at that time. Yeah. I mean, you can go in Walmart and buy you a pair of rubber. I mean, you, all these all these folks talking about vintage camo and vintage this and all let me tell you what vintage is vintage is freezing your balls off yeah. <laughs> I mean wet Tasca. and wet and cold is what vintage is like I, yeah you look sharp you look like an Orvis catalog wearing that wax cotton like it it's handsome don't get me wrong but man when i see rubber waders and canvas jackets and wax cotton well just shiver yep, deep water <laughs> oh my god because a 60 series <laughs> and a primo loft will be mm-hmm. Woo. Yeah, <laughs> nice. about all of my needs yeah. <laughs> yep. uh but anyways so, so like the bsod and the, the camera <clears throat> the, the we were talking about being from arkansas you know versus tennessee mm-hmm. you had little things that were written in your signature handle you know and and so you had your handle on the left side, and at the bottom of, of wherever you made a comment, you had these you know signature things, and and so I, those those acronyms like BSOD came from there for for um, for what I was about to say. What I was trying to say, y'all got me rambling and rabbit trailing. But what I was saying was that Fleeman had a whole pile, an army of Arkansans, and so my. Raised letter, motorcycle grip, piece of crap, plastic duck call was a bastardization of everything to them that was flooded green timber. I mean, how dare somebody that's not from Arkansas blow a cut down? I mean, you know, uh so I, I took nine kinds of hell in those web forums, which ultimately sold duck calls. I mean, a lot of duck calls he must not have um, known
2: robin jones <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah yeah um and and so you asked when the last ray's letter was sold all right well the mold that we had to build those things was aluminum and in injection molding you you do stainless steel so that it, it lasts aluminum is soft and it it dents, you know, it chips, and it, and with heat, you have to you have to heat the plastic to get it to go in there. When you add heat to aluminum, it really tears up fast. And so we basically just wore that mold out. I mean, a, an aluminum injection mold probably is only good for, I don't know, four or five thousand parts, and we ran a hell of a lot more through it than that. Um, but the professor that ran the machine, he, you know, he he took a different job, and then the kid that did the work study that was running the you know the, the, the deal for us at night, like all those things just changed over a couple of years time you know because you were dealing with college kids and college professors well so between the amount of social pressure I was taking for how ugly that raised letter duck call was and from being from Tennessee and between wearing the mold out because we were selling so many of them, uh, we had to do something else. And so that's about the time that Buck Gardner saw some of the calls at a show. Can't remember which one. And Buck sent Slayton over, and 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 I ended up going down there to see Buck, and Buck looked at it and blew the cock and took it down there to, to Troyer. Yeah. And uh, Buck was like, son, if you ever want to make some of these parts out of acrylic, you ought to let us help you. you know, and, and And Buck was, I mean, for all his faults, Buck was – buck was a hard guy to get along with and he was (laughs) slippery but but for all his faults buck had a giant heart and like Mm -hmm. he really wanted to help people yeah a lot like butch except butch didn't have that slippery side butch was just gruff you know but Mm -hmm. buck would um he he really did want to help and Mm -hmm. and he was really kind and he showed me a couple things about corks and like your cork in this is not right, and you ought to do this, and you ought to, you know, he, he showed me some things. I mean, I learned more about how to tune a duck call from Buck than probably anybody else, and it had nothing to do with the cut down. It was just, like, the mechanics of the height mm. of this cork and where it lays on the reed. It changes the effective length of the reed that's hitting the tone board and just, like, you know, all these little things, and I was like, huh, you know. And So, I you know, I, I got a lot of positives, you know, to, I owe Buck a lot I'll say that well Buck well let me back up so I was trying to figure out at the time how to get away from this mold because it was sloppy and because they were polycarbonate and because we were buying the plastic that goes in the mold we were buying it in in sample bags of like 20 pounds and the manufacturer of the sample pounds was really irritated that we were always a sample customer <laughs> um and we were never buying the like in the real the real bags are like 500 pounds and 500 pounds would have been like 50,000 duck calls or some outrageous number and it was thousands of dollars and and we didn't have any money and i mean we were selling them for next to nothing so we had to work on them so hard we we didn't we were too dumb to realize that we were just spending all the all our time and dollars in labor you know but uh so all that being said, I was trying to figure out how to get away from polycarbonate and away from that mold. And I um, just figured, well, hell, we'll just we'll just do a acrylic barrel and then we'll use those inserts, shove them into an acrylic barrel. And so when you have a raised letter B S O D motorcycle grip, and then you come out with this sleek acrylic barrel, that's what we call the gentleman's cut. Because mm-hmm. we were like, Oh, you wanna you wanna cut down, but you don't want the the young kid you know <laughs> char true you know you, you didn't want the, the edgy i mean those letters were edgy i mean yeah. nobody there wasn't any duck calls on the market like that and uh and so once i realized we could do these acrylics then i figured out how to mold that same thing without the raised letters and i mean we probably we think 2014 yeah would be my mm-hmm. guess that's Pro- about that's about when we quit selling the raised letter bsod yeah mm-hmm. um and,
4: yeah, because my first, I guess, big job for you was tuning those gentlemen's cuts. I mm-hmm. was still messing with the BODs, BSODs a little bit, but mm-hmm. my first big thing was the gentleman's cut.
1: And so then from there, well, I figured out, like, Buck turned some of them, but Buck was busy. I mean, y'all were, that yeah. was that was the that height one. of Buck Gardner calls. Thousands and thousands. I mean, thousands of, of them. So he didn't have a lot of machine time, so there was a little shop in North Mississippi, like in the Olive Branch area, that um, just a little mom and pop machine shop in this old dude's garage. He had a couple of haws lathes, and he would turn uh, barrels for me. And so I'd have I'd buy acrylic, have it shipped to the house, and I'd have to drive it all the way from here down to Olive Branch just to deliver the acrylic. No telling what you know time and fuel that cost me. And then go back two weeks later, and I'd get a box of barrels. And that time, I'd hopefully have some inserts tuned up, and then I'd pair up those inserts with the barrels and so, my guess is it's been right around ten years since since we sold, uh, since we you know quit selling. Probably probably was the spring of fourteen that we, you know, but I would say the orders that we wrote for like the fall of two thousand fifteen would have been no raised letters. So, so that would right at ten years. We'll call it well, ten years. Yeah. Ten years is a nice round number. Do yeah. you
3: ever look back and look at? all the operations it took to create all the original BSODs and now you're looking back and seeing how the BSODs that we're making now like how do
1: you reflect that? Uh, That's an excellent question and yes I do all the time and the number one thing that I learned was you should probably ask somebody who's done this before how they do it instead of just trying to figure it out yourself (laughs) because that's what I did like I was too proud to ask somebody how do you get a mouthpiece that doesn't cut your lip when you blow on it (laughs) well you take sandpaper and you i mean you know like you you before you build the mold you like the most important part of the mold is the mouthpiece you know (laughs) like (laughs) that's what you're gonna touch and feel you know what i mean so um lots of things like that and we we basically tried to create the wheel from scratch like instead of asking I should have just gone and asked other call makers, how do you build a mold? How do you who do you talk to to get reeds from who do? You? And Buck was really the first person that like actually helped me with some of that cuz he helped me source 14 mil reed and I learned that goose call reed material was the same as what, you know, old style reeds were made out of. So I got a I figured out how to get a punch made after 10 failed attempts that are in that museum. <laughs> um of and, and 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 then, you know, I bought reed material from from buck and buck was the first person we were talking about this the other day buck was the first person that told me all mylar is not created equal just like all sandpapers not created equal and all automobiles are not created equal you know i mean you can get you a little isuzu you know dotson two-wheel drive four-stroke if you want to and it'll probably drive a million miles but you ain't going to pull a house down with it. So if you need to pull a load, you need to get the right truck for pulling a load. You know what I mean? Like yep. like tools mattered. And um, he showed me where to get cork. And I don't know. I mean, yeah. he he helped me a lot. Um,
3: so. so you do sit back and reflect on it. All the time. Are you yeah. kidding?
1: There was a guy named Jose who was here on a work visa, part of a church that taught English as a second language that did nothing but sand the mouthpieces on those early ones.
5: Where's ne-
1: now? I don't know. I need to find out, but it never occurred to me. We ought to stop and build another mold that doesn't require us to put that into a lathe and sand the mouthpiece before somebody can blow on the call. <laughs> I mean, I feel so stupid saying that, but right. I mean, that's, and, and same for, you know, same for the tone boards. We had a, we were so hell bent on trying to, it's kind of like we talked about last night, like the whole thing is a journey, right? You're trying to improve upon what you did yesterday. So you're trying to learn from what you did, from the mistakes and from the successes, and then do tomorrow better than you did yesterday. And so when we built the BSOD, our number one, our number one priority, wow, that is serious yeah, range. This steel rough will kill wow. you.
0: Just a few months late pause
3: for a second
1: yeah um (laughs) oh heck let's just go but our number one priority was to make a commercially available cut down okay our second priority was to take the faults of the ults and make and fix them so what were the faults of the ults one the availability they were hard to find Two, they were really brittle. You could have the greatest alt in the world. And you could drop it on the floor and it would shatter like glass because it was brittle. And when you turned it around backwards, people would stick the insert into the barrel and the barrel would split. And so we wanted a barrel that was hard and dense and that wouldn't break, but also that had the same kind of tonal qualities that that hard rubber or bakelite or whatever you want to call it i'm not entering that debate about what was in the olts but whatever that hard rubber material was had a great tonal quality to it so we wanted all that and so when we when we picked the material wes reed my childhood buddy that helped me start rolling thunder he he we bought four or five different ults, we ground them down and he he sent them to a chemistry lab and had them chemically uh, you know, analyzed and then we, we put those things like brittle, density I can't even remember what all the categories were. We put all those things into some categories and then we isolated each generation of the old, like what, what part of that was better than another. And then we, we took all those characteristics and we gave them to this company that made polycarbonate blends and they gave us a custom blended polycarbonate to make our call. Well, that was all cool and and it was a great story to sell somebody but you know what that turned into it turned into an insert that was like sanding on the tone board of that insert was like trying to reshape a a cinder block like i mean it was awful and i mean it was horrible so i'd try to try to tune those things you try to change the shape of the old bsod's and i mean you you better pack a lunch and get a Gatorade, (laughs) you know, and take some Advil because you were going to lean into that sucker. It was so hard to change the shape. Well, back to your question, what did I learn from that? I learned that we picked a material, we, we picked something, we focused on something that wasn't the most important thing. The most important thing wasn't replicating all the attributes of that material. The most important thing was building something that we could manipulate, sand, and make readily available, and so we we took spent all our time building this duck call that created something that took a whole bunch of additional time, you know, yep. in labor. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you fast forward that forward, like thinking about material and 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 different things. You know, you want yeah, you want to pick materials that have great sound quality, but I mean, there's a reason that we don't make aluminum duck calls, and it's not because your lips would stick to them in the cold it's because you know sandpaper and aluminum don't go together very well Mm -hmm. i mean it just doesn't lend itself to good tuning (laughs) yeah yeah and because all of us blow a duck call different so you know the way drake like his call tuned is a little different than the way i like my duck call tuned and yeah we can both make them quack and same with riley like we all we all can pick one up and go quack 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 you know chatter 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 but when you're picking a duck call that goes on your lanyard you know you want that thing to it's it's more it's it's sound is probably the most important thing but so is feel and those Mm -hmm. are two totally different topics right so you want it to sound good but you also want it to feel right like in Mm -hmm. that moment when you ain't thinking about anything else but where's my gun and clicking the safety off like you don't want to be thinking about how that duck call feels You, you want your mind to be in overdrive. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Real for So uh, anyway, was that was that a long enough answer? Yeah, absolutely sure. <laughs> I mean, best way to
3: answer a question is with the most words.
1: <laughs> that's a Kirkism Yeah. We're quoting that one. That's that's like you're, you're like Yogi Berra. Best yes. way to answer a question was with the most words. Um
3: do you think a lot of people will hunt with it?
1: Mm, I hope so. I mean. You would think. I you'd would hope. Think. No, to be honest, nothing would make me more happy than to see a lanyard that had a Levy cut on one loop and a BSOD on the other. I mean.
0: Yep. And a wood duck whistle.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: I've seen a custom wood duck whistle on the... Yeah, somebody early. got a juice one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting here like, how am I going to polish inside of that?
1: Yeah, I had to drive to Memphis to get a stick of juice from Farco because we didn't have any more. I was like, man, yep. how times have boy, how times have changed. I'm driving 45 minutes to get one stick of acrylic to make somebody a juice wood duck whistle. <laughs> Spence back then would have rather sand on that hard material than ever make somebody a wood duck call. I would have said. Nope, we don't make wood duck calls, yes. nor do we make double reeds. <laughs> God gave a duck one tongue, I'm giving this duck call one tongue. <laughs> that was my mantra. Times have um, changed, times have changed. So, well, let's talk just a little bit about design. Okay. All right? So, um, I mean, there's, there's a ton of things to say about design, but I want to talk about the keyhole, and I want to talk about the parts of a duck call that affect the sound okay so for just a minute let's don't talk about this call but let's let's the four of us and and girk you can pitch in if you want but let's just talk about the parts of a duck call that affect the sound right start with tone channel bore depth Mm -hmm. like how long it is how deep how deep it is how size how what size it is what shape Mm -hmm. it is um all right so you have that's the center hole that goes from the exhaust to the front of the tone board, if you're looking at it from the side. Mm-hmm. All right, so the size of that drill bit or the multiple sizes of that drill bit, the placement of where that drill bit, you know, the stops, like, the stops um, and the different drill bits, like where those shoulders are, mm-hmm. like, my, I mean, just minute differences make oh, yeah. huge impacts. Yep. And I think the average – I know the average customer buying a duck call. You know they, they ask us all the time, right? What's the difference between the brute mm-hmm. and the brute R and the brute XL and the brute XLs? And it's really hard to explain that. And and sometimes you start talking about it, you feel like you're pulling the wool over somebody's eyes or you're selling, mm-hmm. you know, visual. But the biggest difference is feel, because mm-hmm. the holes are in different places and and so it it they make a different sound. And yeah, a really good caller can make all of them sound really really similar. But like we said earlier, it's that feel, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so that's tone channel. What's another one?
0: So your, you know, your tone board with your, your heights and yeah, your, deck
1: heights, mm-hmm. right? So like the decks are not flat. Mm-mm. That's what Philip Olt changed in 1904. Patent three four eight two zero five. Anybody know what that patent was for?
0: Nope. Curved,
1: cone curved cone board, tone board, flat yeah. reed. So prior to 1904, everything virtually was a what they call a real foot style call or a Tennessee style duck call because our duck history goes to just as far back as Arkansas <laughs> does. Uh, but but prior to that, they used a metal reed and they bent the reed so the reed was curved and the tone board was flat. So Philip Sanford Olt in Illinois flip flopped that, which which started the modern duck call revolution, you know, that, that was the beginning of it. So now everything, every duck call that's available virtually on the market has a curvature in the tone board. And, you know, the Alt was one of the first of those that didn't have a flat tone board that then descended. So like, if you compared to say, uh, you know, a DR-85, you know, that Adel mm-hmm. made, or a Louisiana-style call. Those, if you're looking at the side of the tone board from the back corner where the cork is to the front, that's a perfectly flat line, mm-hmm. and then it falls off in the front. And so it's a flat read on a flat tone board with, mm-hmm. a, with a curve. Mm-hmm. But what Alt did was from the back corner of that cork, that thing had an upslope. So so it made that reed not sit flat. It made that reed sit up in the air. This was before they were modified even, you know, just right out of the okay. box. You put, a, you put a cork and a reed in that call, and that, that reed is sticking up just a little bit. So fast forward to whenever this happened in, in magical duck hunting history – People started whittling on the end of their tone boards, and they discovered that when you sanded on it, it made it more raspy. It creates some more space between the reed and the tone board, right? So fast forward to where we are today, deck height matters, mm-hmm. and the placement of that height matters. You know, mm-hmm. your thickness right behind the cork tab matters, your thickness at the end matters, and the geometry of that hump between there matters. And when you combine all of those deck heights and curvatures with all of the different possibilities of those holes, there's a wide range of opportunities and options in there, right? Yeah. Those combinations are endless. Yep. Um, and, the, and just the tiniest bit of differences in those things makes it, you know, changes sound, changes feel. All right, what's another one? Barrels,
4: your, your reed
2: length, yeah. and ran reed length, yep. barrel length, reed length, mouthpiece. The difference in a mouthpiece, whether it's open or closed, changes how the call feels and operates at the same time.
1: I, it's kind of back. It's kind of restating one of them, but I was going to say if you're listing things, your bore is one, but then your overall bore really gets divided in half because you have the distance from the front of the court forward and you have a distance from the back of the court right so like the exhaust distance affects it but so does the tone board distance you can have a great tone board and a great front half of your geometry but you make that exhaust you keep making that exhaust longer or keep making that exhaust, or, or shorten that exhaust and it totally changes the way the call feels yep which is where the keyhole comes in, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, y'all got anything you want to say about that? <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep talking, but I'm kind of tired of hearing myself listen. Uh. Um, and I so okay, I'll keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> to me, that's what makes this call interesting. Is the keyhole is when we made this call we were not trying to perfectly replicate a keyhole ult. If we were, we would have just cast molded an ult. Mm -hmm. That's what everybody's doing. Mm -hmm. That's fine. Nope, not throwing any shade towards that. But we were trying to put our spin on both the sound but also the feel of a keyhole. And so we experimented with different depths and distances of both the front end of the tone board and the exhaust end of the tone board, and what we came out with, was a call that the overall exhaust bore is a different size than we've ever produced here. Uh-huh. It's actually smaller. Yeah, um, than anything we got. Yeah, than anything. And well, that call is wise, I yeah, guess. yeah, 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 than any of our cut downs. Right. Yeah. Um. And that call is, I, I mean, we we need to invest in one of those sound meter things but there ain't, no, there ain't no they no volume lacking in this duck no call. no i mean it's, it's just as loud as anything i mean I, I don't know how between the xl and the levy cut and this one i don't know how you tell which one's louder <laughs> yeah <no laughs> it's kidding. sort of i mean the xl may be the quietest of those three but i mean the levy, it's got the biggest of the whole it's got the biggest hole yeah. that's exactly it almost right
2: makes you wonder how small can you really go
1: yeah yeah you're right um and I guess there's just some physics involved that the five of us are not smart enough to understand because it's kind of like the difference between a trumpet and a clarinet and a tuba and a Mm -hmm. (laughs) oboe and all those different, the sizes of those holes, the taper of them, all those things affect it. Mm
5: -hmm.
1: Um, I don't know. I just say that because to be honest, I'm going to stick my neck out here. I've read these comments in social media land about how, oh, you know, that doesn't change anything. We've done that. We've tried that. Like, it's too expensive. You can't make me live in Rainbow Land if I don't want to live in Rainbow Land. Yeah, I mean, I mean, come on, come on. What the heck is Rainbow Land?
2: It's off a movie. Come on.
1: (laughs) You well, said social media land, I was like rainbow land. <laughs> <laughs> I was really just trying to get to the point to say that it's pretty disingenuous to say that changing the geometry of any portion of the call does not affect the way it sounds and the way it feels. Yeah. If you affect, if you change one thing about an insert or a tone board, can you compensate it in another place to offset the change that you make? Yes, in some ways, right? Yes, mm-hmm. you can sand a little bit off the front, then yeah. you can take a little bit off the back. Like you can balance it. But every time you start making those changes, you're you're changing things. Mm-hmm. It's yep. it's it's silly to say, oh well, you know that that doesn't change anything. Okay, because <laughs> you know what? All right, about the closest thing that doesn't change is what. Color the color, yeah. Well, yeah, but look at Drake over there. You can't tell Drake, and you can't tell me that orange pearl sounds the same as ivory, right? Not at all, yeah. It don't turn the same. Mm-mm. You can't tell me that, that any of those, to be honest, you can't tell me that any of the pearls sound the same as any of the solids.
2: Mm-hmm. Hmm. And we line some up of different style or a different style of a different brand acrylic versus other stuff and right the same they're models, not all the same and the, yeah we we test them between so, different different models it's with just different colors of this of different whatevers. you know it's the same colors of different uh companies right and one is definitely superior than right. the other
1: yeah we're not even picking a company a manufacturer battle here i'm just telling you that every right. color of smart yeah. tech don't sound the same <laughs> it 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 don't and uh
0: that that ivory we've gotten that pure duck i sanded one just out of curiosity and i mean it sounds pretty pretty snazzy (laughs) it sounds different too yeah i mean it it's nice um super heavy
1: and and i I guess i I was bringing that up just to say that does the difference between orange pearl and ivory matter to a mallard duck no Mm -mm. no to the human Mm. being yes um, does Sometimes. the difference between A 50 horse to hot and A mud motor matter to a mallard duck No S- Maybe some days <laughs> Maybe but in the dark You know what I'm saying yeah. you, How yeah. you get to the duck hole it Whether you walk in or in yeah. it Does that matter no Mm-mm. Does it matter to you you damn right it does mm-hmm. You got an opinion about it Yep you, know, you you care. You, you care about what color truck you have. You care about what brand boat you have. You care about what color dog you have. You care about who trains your dog. You care about what brand shotgun you shoot. You care about what camo pattern you wear. I mean, so I don't know. Y'all the, the <laughs> preacher inside of me is waking up, but I, I, I bristle just a little bit when people say that doesn't matter or that doesn't have any effect. Like that's I don't know. Come on, man. My,
3: my question was, and I don't mean to throw shade in any way, but like building a new duck call. I mean, you guys built the Levy Cut,
1: built the XL, built this BSOD now.
0: <clears throat> Under our own roof, may I add? Yes,
3: in Somerville, Tennessee.
1: <clears throat> that roof some days is louder than others as you've been listening to.
5: <laughs>
3: <laughs> so what I was going to ask is, is there a lot of trial and error? Like <laughs> obviously, there's a lot of skill that goes involved with building a new duck call to get the sound that you're trying to get out of it. Now, which one outweighs the other one? Skill or trial and error? Because obviously, there's skill involved with building a new duck call and knowing that's what needs to question. come off or what needs to be added or what this and that. But there's also a lot of trial and error. Which one weighs out the other? If that's even a fair question.
2: I mean, you gotta have you can't have one without the other, right? Yeah, no, yeah, no. Mm-hmm. If we kill. didn't have
0: skillful minds, we would have a lot more trial and error. That's,
1: I think it's a little bit, yeah. I think it's like luck. Yeah. You know. So you said how many people, variables there skillful was. Skillful people get lucky more often <laughs> than non-skillful <laughs> yeah. people. I mean, yeah. not being ugly, but. Right. Educated guesses you know, get you
0: a long way, I feel like. Yeah.
1: I mean, uh, my, you, you, you put Derek Goddard up there. He's going to hit a hole-in-one more times than – he's going to get lucky hitting a hole-in-one more times than I am because he's more skillful. You know what I mean? So it's like I feel like luck follows talent or follows skill. And mm-hmm. so, you know, is there is there trial and error? Hell, yeah. Bless his heart. Mark, Mark was stroking out by Christmas because we weren't 1,000% done with this project. Like he <laughs> wanted to have them turned and polished and – yeah. I guess he was planning on taking the month of February off or something, but he was stressing out and <laughs> I mean, we worked on it for a a long time. We mm-hmm. we
4: you can have the measurements like you want in your head, but and you can put it on that machine, but you're getting you got to find that spot where it's I mean, it's you've got to find the sweet spot in it and you're not going to do that on your first run yeah there's it's, no frustration where it like just no. ends you like you have to figure it out because you're already that far invested into
3: you know figuring out a call you yeah. can't just drop construction it construction
4: and oh. deconstruction
3: and a
1: lot of it yeah and you know building a prototype is one thing mm-hmm. to aaron's point making a production run hell to be honest that's as difficult as mm-hmm. as actually arriving on the yeah. first one <laughs> yeah because anybody can get lucky and you know, yeah. get a, get Never a base made hit made a duck call on the but, first run But um, <laughs> replicating that I mean, I know for a fact Like on these Mark did 30 or 40 inserts And realized that the, the One of the drill bits Was not functioning properly There's Because of so some ebonite materials. We had yeah. those ebonite in, Levy cut inserts And so we had to go back We had to order another drill bit We had to, you know The ebonite melts in a way That acrylic doesn't Like the material performs different and so you know even once we were done with design we still had to back up and punt after about 20 or 30 inserts because Mm -hmm. the drill bits weren't weren't operating Hmm. um so there's yeah there's definitely a lot of trial and error um but i think that's what makes not real good at bragging here but i'm gonna brag um that i think that's one of the things that really sets us apart in the industry right now is we've got a badass team Mm -hmm. of people very knowledgeable people that work here and um, that sounds really braggy to say that but I mean gosh dang you tell me another company that has somebody like Josh Grossenbacher building all the Yelpers and you tell me another company that has you know four world champs and Riley. Who ain't exactly a slouch over (laughs) there. Not a chance tuning. And somebody as talented as Mark machining. Mm -hmm. And and oh, by the way, you know, in addition to all that, like that's a badass team there. But then I think the other thing that sets us apart even further from that is that yeah, there are other duck call companies that own similar machines to ours, similar tooling. But I mean we've got a we got a guy in house that programs. So that, when you're talking about trial and error and arriving on something that is a finished product, like the normal duck call company that owns a lathe and a mill, a CNC lathe and a mill, they they build something by hand, they map it, they pay somebody to write a program. I think the way we do it here, we have a guy here that programs and we we sample it. We we give him our parameters. We build it by hand. You know, we, we cut a tone board. We... We, we go through that same process that they do, but then we turn it and we build it to Aaron's point. And then we go, I don't like that. Let's manipulate that. And we add 10 thousandths here. We add 20 thousandths here. We add, you take away and we you know, change depths. Like we make those adjustments on the fly. And that's the difference between, in the world of machining, that's the difference between being a machinist and being an operator. Aaron is an operator. He's a great operator. But at the end of the day, Aaron's hitting green button and red button. Mm-hmm. He's making that machine go. And he's the only variable that he's tweaking is what we call the offsets. Mm-hmm. Well, if Aaron had to go back there and program from scratch, you know, that striker dial, he can't do that. Mm-hmm. No, we're going to have a that, that doesn't make Aaron a bad person. It's just a no. limitation of Aaron's skill, right? right? Yeah. It's a knowledge that he doesn't have. Mm-hmm. And, and so I guess my point is. A lot of companies have lathes and mills. Very few companies have the benefit of having an in-house programmer to build and then tweak those designs. And we we—that's a huge deal. Yeah, it's there's no
3: communication deal. error. I mean, you're you're talking face to face rather than through an email or a phone call, because you're talking about other companies that aren't. You're not putting any hash on them, but you're saying you know if they want to build something they almost have to do it in separate parts and here it's just one singular part and you can just finish it you're, all
1: you're right they do have to do it in separate parts and again this is not throwing shade but here's what happens if you're a duck call company and you don't own your machine when you get your parts if they're not the way you want them to be what do you do aaron
4: oh gosh I
0: don't you get more sandpaper yeah, yeah
1: you yeah. go to sanding mm-hmm. you don't have a choice yeah <clears throat> That's where we started, Drake. In
0: the bandsaw.
1: First the day on, on the job at Rolling Thunder, what'd you do? <laughs> Sit on the back porch and sanded ivory brutes. Yep. You yeah. sure did. Got and we fire. sanded them until <laughs> until we Yeah, outside because there was an ice storm and there was no power. You sand them until you get them where you want them. And then you try to make some adjustments to the machine. And and again, I'm not throwing any shade toward the machinist. He's doing a great job. But but the, the difference is we didn't have control of the ability to manipulate things and and tweak it just a little bit and go, you know what, if we did that, it would be better. It would be more efficient. And so like back to your initial question about the early days in the BSOD, like, like what's, what's different. What have I learned? One of the things I've learned is, man, if you don't always look for places to be more efficient and to be able to consistently replicate the same thing over and over, you just get tired. It's not about being lazy and, and, and not wanting to work hard, but like, if you can't put out the same duck call every time and you have to do a whole bunch of handwork to it, to get it where it needs to be, you just, man, you just, you, you pack it up at the end of the day. And you're like, dang, I don't want to come do that tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> and, and then if, you, and then when you have bad days, you, you, you end up not doing as well. And when you mm-hmm. have good days, you do them extra good. And so ultimately you just don't have consistency of your product. Um. Anyway, so that, that's where we're at. So, um,
3: I mean, the word consistency when you're talking about a duck call company is very it's important.
1: Kin. It's very important. It's it To me, there's nothing more important. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how y'all feel about consistency, but if you were ranking, if you were judging your duck call on a scale of 0 to 100, and 100 is the perfect, never-been-made unicorn duck call, personally, I'd love to know y'all's opinion. I'd rather make a 65 is that a D minus, high yeah. school or
0: plus? I think I think they give you a plus on the sixty-five. Man, that was an
4: F, my day.
1: All right, well let's call it a seventy. <laughs> That's a D. Th- <laughs> Man, a in, col- in college seventy was a C. <laughs> That's a C for us. <laughs> awesome. Call it a seventy. I'd rather be able to make a seventy and make it every single day of the week, over and over and over, and make that exact same score, than I would make one one hundred, the next day make a fifty-five. The next day make an 82 the next day make a 40 then make a 100 you know like like i'd rather instead of being all over the map i'd rather make the exact same thing i i believe that that's ultimately the the proof you know is consistency mm-hmm.
3: do you believe that's happening right now yeah okay do you do i
0: do yeah yeah i think maybe a little bit more though yeah, you said seventy. I was like, I feel like we put out some, you know, seventy five <laughs> eight Like, if one hundred percent's a Mallard hen,
2: I think we're I like eighty like percent. I feel like the judges know. are throwing out eights. <laughs> my, my my point was, my
1: my point was, regardless of the score, a hundred's not the not really even an attainable goal. So it's right. not. It's it's like, that's like you know, that's like not even possible. So it's not the goal. What I'm saying is, whatever you're capable of doing. Being able to do that over and over and over and over, that's mm-hmm. more important than trying 10,000 times to get that one perfect one and then having them all over the map, you know, like consistency. is grouping, you know, like it, shooting a rifle. You know, mm-hmm. I'd rather all my shots go through the exact same hole and be two inches high and two inches right than I would be all over the paper and then just get one random one that yeah. hits the center. Full full you don't want to be a
0: designated hitter that hits for – a buck 80 with 25, 30 home <laughs> runs. You want to be the, the five, six guy that's batting 300, yep, 350. That can slap that, a, yep, that's going to score the every, single time. every time they're on the base. And, yep. Yeah.
1: And, and to your point, I, to your point, Gert, yes, I think we're doing that at a level that we've never done before. To your point, Drake, I think we have room to continue to improve that consistency, which gives you, I mean, that's what you get up and go to work for. It gives you optimism and hope for the future. And to your point, Riley, I don't think we're making seventies. I'm I'm a little more bullish about what we're making. I think we're making flat out badass duck calls mm-hmm. that are killing ducks. Yep. And I'm, mm, I don't want to, I don't want to get my head chopped off here. But I think we're in high B's, low A's range. <laughs> I, I I like where yeah. we're at. Yeah, I, I, I do. Too.
3: Yeah. And I wasn't asking that like
1: disowning what
3: you know what consistency there is here. I just was. you're just curious that's
2: a
1: fair question i'm very curious as drake says that i fidget a lot with stuff so let's just talk about the design of this call and we'll wrap up here but all right so we're calling this a keyhole and we've used the terminology keyholes change forever in our emails and our marketing and i want to kind of explain what i mean by keyholes change forever Keyholes change, change is an important word because with this call, what we tried our best to do was to take all the things that we've learned and the things that we love, both learn and love about the old school, raised letters, the keyhole, but combine that with all of the things that we love and learn about the new school, stepped bore, Mm -hmm. multiple bore sizes is what stepped bore means. Whole depth, deck height, acrylic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like acrylic better than polycarbonate for a lot of reasons. Polycarbonate has a great tonal quality. I am not knocking polycarbonate. But when a polycarbonate insert comes out of the mold, it shrinks and it gets cold. And so you can make a mold cavity that's exactly what you want, But when it pops out of that mold and it dries, it, it, it contracts. And so it, it, it changes. And so when you engineer a mold, you oversize it so that it shrinks to the right. You, you allow for the shrinkage, right? Mm -hmm. Well, that, that's a, that's different than machining acrylic and you machine acrylic, you make it exactly what you want it. Mm -hmm. You know, you need an eight foot two by four. You cut it eight foot. You don't cut it eight foot two inches. (laughs) Um, and, and so, so, from the front of this tone board, what you've got is you've got multiple steps in the bore, four three or four of them, I think, and then underneath the cork, you have a shelf that drops off and and when I say underneath the cork, it's in that region again, depth of all these things makes a huge difference, but you your you're, the air is coming from the front of the tone board it's going underneath the reed it's dropping down into the tone channel and then there's taper and the shape of that taper from the first place that the air goes under the tone board until it comes out beside your hand, that all affects sound as well as feel. And so under the cork, it drops into this tone channel that is shaped like a keyhole and it is a keyhole. And then it leaves the duck call in the shape of that round hole with the keyhole trough. Um, what am I missing? If you don't think that affects the sound of your duck call, yeah. just drill a hole in the exhaust of your duck call and <laughs> yeah. cover I it up. You're missing. <laughs> <it laughs> <off laughs> I mean, like, like change the shape of it. Yeah, cover part of it.
0: The biggest know? secret is the raised letters actually makes is what makes it sound so good. Mm. That's, mm-hmm. that's the barrel. Extra the meat. vibrations <laughs> going through it, which extra is funny.
1: Meat because extra leather. meat, sir. Which, which is funny because people will say. Barrel doesn't change the sound of that duck call at all.
0: Bullshit.
1: The
4: XLS are perfect examples of that. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Okay. What's that little gif where the kids like the kids like, a bullshit. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> you know what, I mean? what I was like uh, <laughs> um, yeah. barrel length, but also People don't talk about it very much. Barrel thickness mm-hmm. changes the sound. Yeah. How trim it how how thin it is or how thick it is. Yeah. Go on go on stick your favorite insert into a two-inch thick, three inch long cylinder that's got yeah. no slender to mm-hmm. it. Shape of a duck call yeah. affects the acoustics yeah. not as much as other things, but it affects it. Yeah. That's why you turn it to a shape.
0: Mm-hmm. Drake just showed hold on, me like let
1: that. Simmer for just a second. That's why you turn it on a lathe. It's not just aesthetics. The shape of that thing affects it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. I agree.
0: Drake showed me like the mouthpiece. Even just as small and minute as like reaming out your mouthpiece to be more comfortable for your lips will even change the sound of it.
1: I agree. So, the fat end of that barrel versus the straight end of that barrel absolutely changes the way that duck calls now. Well, when I first
2: got an old I cut it when I was working at r and I say cut it. You know, I worked on it, tuned it or whatever. And I boarded it out or whatever to make the barrel fit, or reamed it out to make the barrel fit the, the other way. And I'm just sitting there. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to put, you know, put the fat in next to the insert and blow it from the skinny end see how that sounds. And you'd be amazed at how much looser and
1: free feeling it was. You know, you could... Dance. Some of which isn't yeah. the duck call. Some of which is just your ability to manipulate the air going in right. there. Yeah. But, but it's the duck call too. I mean, it's it's multiple mm-hmm. factors, you know. Yeah, we've 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 gone way down, <laughs> you know, a rabbit trail. But I just I don't know. I get a a, a little bit bristle when people are like, that doesn't duck. affect the sound of the call. Like the list is long of things that affect the sound of a duck call. <laughs> <laughs> um anyways
0: you want to talk about the nwtf a little bit just kind of yeah it's a great we actually idea. do need to
1: talk about that before
0: we get out of here it's a great idea just kind of the flow how that's going to work and you want to talk about it i got an idea i can talk a little bit about it i don't know <laughs> all the full details i do know you're getting a very snazzy leather patch from our man lanier mm. um, yep. that's just kind of going to be your token of passage once you get let you know we're going to somehow have a line formulated signaling like this line starts here mm-hmm. um, and then we'll go through handing out leather patches numbered one through um, i guess 50 for you know day one and then 51 through 100 for day two and then 101 through 150 for day three
1: yep so um, so we're going to do 150 of them numbered right right they'll have the date on the tone board mm-hmm. and then they'll have the numbering right. system so 001 through 50 will mm-hmm. be day one no uh, which is thursday February fifteenth, day two will be one hundred one through, I mean fifty one through one hundred, and then day three, Saturday, will be one hundred one through one hundred fifty. And we're also going to have some unnumbered ones. Yep. And so, then
0: the online as well for the yeah the people that yeah live across the, the country that yeah
1: can't make it. And I'm sure we'll we'll have a few haters for all that, but I, you I think can't make them all happy. You can't make them all happy. No, That's true. Um. I think what I hope that our customers will hear and appreciate is that we have really tried hard to listen to what people wanted. People have been asking Mm -hmm. for a raised letter. Here you go. People have been asking for a keyhole. Here you go. But also, you know, people weren't real fond of the Levy cup purple launch where they had to be here to get it. Mm -hmm. And then they sold out in 37 seconds, you know, Monday morning. And so, we tried to put some thought into, okay, we do want to number some of these and then be special. We do want to do more than what we can number, so some unnumbered ones, and we want to make them available in person and, and online. We're just trying know. to be fair. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. I, I yeah. think we've come up with a nifty system for being fair because if you're a guy who can only be there on Saturday, for example, and we sell them all on Thursday, which I don't, I, don't, I mean, surely we're not going to do that. But but if we did, and you were driving five or six, seven hours and had a hotel room to come get a call on Saturday and we were out of numbered ones, like, that would, that would suck. And at You're the end at of the day, least giving
0: yourself a chance at 50. Like, you know, yeah, you, and, and we don't enjoy that. No.
1: That sucks. Like, when somebody waits in line or shows up on the third day of a show, and they're like, hey, do you have a – no. That sucked last <laughs> year, right? I mean, we did those
2: Ebonite XLs. Shoot, it was bad at – like after an hour. Yeah, know, like it 12 yeah. They
1: were gone in like <laughs> ten minutes. Yeah, yeah, and you felt so crummy telling people on Friday and Saturday, like, nope, sorry. Yeah, sorry. No, you don't nope, want sold to sold t- them all. You like, got a guy sitting
2: there's like, Well, how many more you got left? Oh, so we got five. He's like, I'll take all five. You don't want to tell that guy no. That's yeah, money right yeah. there. One in the hands worth <laughs> that's more, business. more than yeah, two yeah. in the bush. <laughs> yeah, business. exactly. You know? That's like
1: that's like letting fifty million like picking out
3: the... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know if somebody's actually going to come up after they're sold out. Right. Well, right. Let's, let's, be mean, on, let's
1: be honest. Didn't y'all get up today to make duck calls that's to sell? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, it's what our we're job. Here for. That's what yeah. we're here for. Yeah. I mean, we do a lot of other fun things while we're here, but I mean, at the end of the day, like, we gotta That's what sell what keeps them. the lights on?
3: <laughs> we gotta sell them. Some guy wants a hundred of them.
1: Come buy a hundred. I love
0: them. They're great, but I don't want to see them. I want, like Dirk said, you know, if someone yeah. wants to buy a hundred,
1: you buy a hundred. Yeah. So, anyways, I, I, have we beat that horse dead? <laughs> so we're gonna have some online. Mm-hmm. They'll be available on Thursday at eleven a.m. Um, we don't have a way of rationing those out, to my knowledge, because. Um, We're all pretty – this is great. Snapchat is – I
2: tried to do, like, the little baby filter on his face. It wouldn't pick up. like, dang it.
1: Uh, We'll have 50 each day that are numbered. Um, And then we'll have some unnumbered ones with us. Um, Oh, I know a detail we forgot. We've been getting messages and messages and messages, bunches of them. This isn't going to be a one-and-done deal, is it? (laughs) No and yes. <laughs> here, here, here's the no part. There will be more BSODs this calendar year. So, no, it's not a one and done. Yes, it's a one and done from a standpoint of we're not doing any more. After this batch, we're not doing any more until at least September. Um, so, we're not taking custom orders February the 20th for a flow red raised letter polished BSOD or a ebonite raised letter no Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Um, I, I mean there's enough boiled egg smell around here the mm. <laughs> oh. calls they going to nwtf this poor cypress food and this shop's gonna stink like, smell like stale eggs. farts yeah, yeah. for a while uh but but no i mean in all seriousness we've got enough work lined up too much work really to take care of our wholesale partners that we're not doing any custom bsod's this summer um, and we're also not doing any small batches of BSODs this summer. So this batch right here is has got us until you know until September. Well I'm sure we'll do other batches of things, but not BSODs. so um, yes, there will be more. No, it's not a one and done. No, they will not be available after this batch sells out until September did I get the yeses and nos right on you that you forgot
3: one yes yes you can come to MWTF
1: and buy one yeah! yeah there you go and yes you can buy one online I mean yeah um, so um, let's run through real quick what else are we taking to NWTF like um, let's go Boy, through calls but, but let's let's talk about just kind of generally like start rambling off things
2: you leave of. us yeah, stinky yeah. Levy's. Yep. Ebonite
1: Levy leave, Cuts, that which look by the way, to the yeah, old. holy smokes, they are
0: gorgeous. That Ebonite we, we were talking about.
1: Ebonite that burns when you touch your mouth to it. Spicy. In your face.
0: Unpolished <laughs> Ebonite barrel and acrylic.
1: Also have same unpolished yep. Ebonite. Mean duck. ducks. Yep, those they are pretty sharp bad With too. a brass band, the polished <laughs> brass again. band. Oh man, they are. Yeah, they look good. Per-tay.
2: Yep. Bunch of new leather stuff. Yes. All the new leather work.
1: Bunch wallets. of new leather stuff. Everything. Yep. Turkey call wallets. Turkey totes. Duck couple totes. different kinds. We um, do have some duck totes.
0: Mike could talk them into like making you some boots. <laughs> <laughs> on. <No>. Lanyards. <laughs> lanyards. Lanyards. Those lanyards. Yes. Are yeah, we've got
1: we've got like a the fancy rolled leather stitch lanyards that Aaron and Lanier have been making. We've also got, um, a more simplistic minimalist style double drop. You know, why does it have double drop? Well, it has one loop for your Levy cut and one loop for your BSOD. Um, uh, turkey calls. Got a few twists. We've got a new pot call. Um, we've actually got three new pot calls we have got one pot two really variations of the thunderdome that are different this year but the the thunderdome is um it's a different material it's not a polycarbonate it's a i don't even know the like fancy a term the yeah, Like, a, like glass. a glass resin type. I don't even know what what that means but it's heavy yeah. like you yeah. hold it's it weight. it's heavy and and so it's 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 different it's a little different design than last year's Thunderdome, but it's also got a premium striker in it, and so it's a it's a waterproof pot, heavy. You can hold it relative to you know a cherry pot or a walnut pot. Man, it's heavy. It's got a synthetic soundboard, and it freaking rings. It does. And it's got a premium one-piece flare tip striker, and it It is a hell of a pot call for fifty bucks. Can't beat it. Um, So we've got a crystal version of that and a slate version of that, and then. So I said there were three pot calls that are different. That's two of them. The third one I'm super excited about is we've got a small batch of a new one we're calling the gold digger. And um, she's a bad, <laughs> bad biatch. Um, um, you'll have to come look at that pot. But it's a it's a cherry pot with a goldish. <laughs> yeah. Tell all our secrets. Yeah. Uh tone board. And man, it's got serious, serious rattle in it. Um Yeah.
0: Apparel. Same same new hat today. Yeah, a uh, couple yep. new hats.
1: Yep. Got the what? old what? We got new hats. <laughs> got the new white golfing hat. We got yep. a couple of old school camo hats. Also got Return of the Rope Lost Caps with a new yep new patch three different variations of that yep um what the we got solid that green, was wearing. green leaf tree stand and original bottomland yeah, and then we got solid brown rope cap that's mm-hmm. a it's like the uh thinner performance fabric yep. waterproof um that's a really sharp cap we got a whole bunch of them richardson Dad caps with the oak tree on the front That's that's my favorite cap of all time The tan ones Restock those Two new hoodies Yep. Uh, Aaron's sporting one of them
4: My performance on today
1: (laughs) Yeah I got the black dry fit Performance hoodie I've been performing in it too
4: <laughs> Been working my butt
1: I was about to say. Uh, <laughs> nope. Didn't you know what, what direction are we going <laughs> with that comment? At I, work. <laughs> work, like I, work. I just wasn't sure what. Um, On
2: today's episode of Howard Stern. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> go uh, ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> we got the
1: chocolate brown distressed hoodie. I, I like that one a lot. No, y'all, y'all are outrageous. Stop it. <laughs> Speaking of keyholes, this microphone stand has a keyhole clasp right here. There's For a whole bunch a of keyhole clasps. Uh, what else? We got.
0: Uh, the the uh, pure duck yeah, rigs? So that's the the pure ducks, so Those ivory. The, it's got yeah. the striations in it. Yeah. It's, it's like
1: imitation ivory. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's a variation. Heavier, it looks heavier. just like elephant ivory. Yeah, and and you, it feels like it. I mean, it's heavy.
0: Yeah, you hold it next to an you know acrylic pure duck. Held together in your hand And it is significantly heavier Speaking of
1: pure duck The refuge man Mr. Pure Duck Keith Allen himself <laughs> Is going to be in the booth Signing autographs Kissing babies And tuning duck calls Ooh. Friday afternoon So that means There will be a Saturday.
4: concert
0: Somewhere say, Where's the concert I don't know mm-hmm. You know
3: I, I, uh, I've never actually Heard of him sing before yeah, yeah, You yeah, weren't here have. The day at the shop No, no never was I was not gone working here? Oh. Where were uh, you Yeah where were you was that during the golf tournament? No, it was no. the day after duck season last year. Yeah, You were here. No. yeah. I do think he went somewhere. No, because I, I remember getting videos of him playing in here, and I wasn't here. Where were you?
1: Who knows?
2: You weren't here whenever, didn't did we eat duck poppers or something?
1: Chicken tenders, I think, was what yeah, we, had we had the day oh, Keith was here. I
2: was probably at the trade show, huh?
1: That's oh, exactly where yeah. he was. Poor guy was.
4: Pennsylvania? Poor. Poor
3: guy is right. <laughs> that was rough.
1: That was abusive treatment, and I'm sorry, Gert. That's okay. <laughs> I'm just, Gert, we didn't go to it again. Gert, Gert pulled all 10 days plus three days of travel on both sides at the Great American outdoor Show in Jeez. Harrisburg, Pennsylvania last year. Too great yes. <laughs> Why are you laughing? This is me demonstrating self control. Uh, uh, they weren't that bad. I mean we made we made it all right. It was it was okay. It, it just not a not a trip that we needed to go make this year. Right. You know? So it's um, far ways up there. Yeah. Long ways. That's right. Um so we got
0: the pure ducks, mean yep. ducks, levises, B S O Apparel Leavises. That's what I've been referring to them as all duck season. Then I text you on the opening day. I was like, that Levis is leaving. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> Ever um, since then, it's just been a Levis to me.
1: Yeah. A bunch of, bunch of leather <laughs> things. And then leather, got some leather accessories. I don't even know if y'all have seen a few chapstick holders, mm-hmm. um, some keychains. Yeah. Those would be
4: few and far between. So if you want one of those, you better get there quick. Um, yeah, that's just some stuff, man. Lenore's put together real quick. Yeah. So, um,
1: uh, I'm sure we're missing something, but lots of cool things. Some of the patches, stuff. Yeah, like that. Leather, that's right. Leather yeah. patches you can have sewn on your like same, on your shooting vest.
0: We'll have the same booth but different setup this year. That'll be cool.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of more room. Yeah, I'm kind of excited. That t-shirt, yeah. T-shirt. yeah t-shirt, oh, t-shirt, wrap. Oh yeah, yeah got a
1: little. Yeah, got a little. Uh, little new fixtures, <laughs> little new decoration. <laughs> Big fixtures. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they're fab, on better wheels. Old Fab Man himself, <laughs> man, they are. They are, and more, uh, more wheels. Too. They're metal. They're metal wheels with metal wow. bearings. Like they're sweet. sweet. Like military grade.
0: Not the shopping cart. Oh, it is military grade. <laughs> I've never seen like military grade.
5: God, I wish I would have uh, been
3: Obviously, I wasn't
1: that. asking if they were actual military grade. <laughs> you're, you're a national treasure. I don't, I don't have any experience with military grade bearings. I don't know. I, I know. <laughs> these are. I'll, I'll put it to you this way. These, these are not your grandpa's Castors. wheels that he got for yeah casters that he got from Lowe's or Home Depot. All right, just checking. Um, these are these are pretty these are pretty bad to the bone. Oh. Uh, Alright I guess last thing What are you looking forward to at NWTF What do you want to see mm.
2: That's a good question Well you know we're going to have to go see your friends At Mossy Oak Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just in case they got some little surprises
1: That they haven't posted about yet you Never know I'm looking forward to getting me a right shirt I've been so busy I haven't had a chance to get one of them Duck rigs like all Riles is wearing over yeah. there Deadpool. I'm excited
2: that they now offer 34 length in mm. their pants. You're getting on the khaki train. Yeah. Dang, so I got I gotta give me some new khakis. Heard that, boy? Those um, chamois pants are khaki. just yeah.
1: incredible. I know. I haven't got. And my
2: yet. every Moscow Companion pants I have is a 32. So yeah, like, high water. Like, uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, mm. but you still wear them. Little tight on the thighs, but am my god, it's so comfortable.
4: That's right. Boy, they got us with the companions last year. I mean, we had. No, they're gonna give me no, again. don't well, I know oh, they yeah. will me too. <laughs> I've been carrying I've been around been.
2: Christmas money in my wallet ever since, <laughs> just waiting.
4: The companions was going out the door.
1: What you looking forward to, Gert?
5: Mm-hmm.
3: I don't know.
1: Is there to a of... huntress that's gonna be there? <laughs> She's got your heart Ow. set on. <laughs> <laughs> that's a
3: that's a very rough subject.
2: <laughs> Why? I don't know. You okay. and Pruitt can go, go on the parade. Yeah, finally
3: a single person going to the NWTF with me that works at Thunder. Hunter. Yep.
1: Spencer Pruitt. Yeah.
3: yeah, that's what I said.
1: I'd teach you how to dance. He'd be a great Rally wingman for you. Yeah. All right. For real. Oh, no. Yeah. I, my apologies, no. Allie. My apologies. <laughs> <laughs> my apologies.
5: Reverse. 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 Uh,
1: beep, beep, beep. No, Yeah. I, I, just tell... That's the old guy yeah. here his memory's going, yeah. he's sloppy. Yeah, he sorry. don't even know what he had for yeah,
2: breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> he, didn't eat for, he didn't eat for five days. <laughs> oh. Six. It was six. six.
3: I think the most exciting is being second year into it because you guys tried to like warn me like how crazy <laughs> it was going to be being inside of that booth. And then I was like, I've been through a lot of crazy things in my life and that I, I remember just sitting back there with my camera not even moving. So. It's <laughs> usually <laughs> <laughs> a little bit different. I remember
2: looking across the booth seeing kinda just wander over there and say, "Well, <laughs> how I you doing? I'm tired." <laughs> man, there's a the lot of work that goes into it.
3: <laughs> but no, I'm excited for it. It's going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be a lot of happy faces in there.
4: Mhm.
3: Aaron, what you looking forward to?
4: I don't know, man. It's just fun. Uh, a little bit of everything, you know, here and there. Standing on my feet all day long, <laughs> selling some calls, talking to folks.
0: Riley? Just seeing people I had not seen in a while. Mm, a Ain't one. seen a lot of people in a long time.
1: Mm.
0: so I'm looking
1: forward to Spence. What are you looking forward to? <laughs> yes, uh, Spence, what are you looking forward <laughs> to? There's a couple things that Shingear's got that I'm anxious to see and put my hands on. Mm. They got them waist Mm waders, pretty slick. I saw a glimpse of them one time when I was at White Oaks this year, but walked around the corner and Dylan was shuffling it into a closet. (laughs) Uh, So I didn't get to look at them real long. And they got a couple other tops and things that I pretty jazzed about, Uh, like a kind of a sweater thing and a Mm -hmm. vest thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Butchering whatever they're gonna have a great name for them, and I'm totally butchering that. I hope but they
0: have that full zip mid layer. I was I've been wearing that thing's hot, yeah, it's like right over it's like a 60 minus a hood, full zip.
1: Is it heavier than a 60 or same just weight Just a touch, okay, just a scotch over a 60. So it but it goes well over the top of a 60. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Then you put that print waft on top and your favorite vest over the top of that. Mm-hmm. But
1: signed up. <laughs> <laughs> Them rigs, yeah, I like Three that. Eggs. Okay. Any other
3: highlights anybody's looking forward to? I mean, the Opryland Center is just a treat in itself. <laughs> Except yeah. for the part where you got to walk through half of it just to get yeah. to where
2: you're going. Yeah. Maybe we'll bring the golf cart. And drive place, it through the center. Yeah. yeah I don't that think place is
4: measured in acres inside. Did you know that? I did not know that. Did you? Acres. How many acres is it? I don't remember, but I remember it <laughs> being measured in acres.
3: <laughs> Did you know all the water that's in there is from several, several different places? So if you walk like towards like the back, there's a, an actual signage of an entire signage of where people grabbed water from their areas and then shipped them off and they dumped it into the Gaylord or the Populant Center. Huh.
1: Seriously. I feel like Gerk watched a documentary on the Gaylord Opryland no, 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 Hotel. No, he went we no. tourism. No, tourism. We, we went last and toured year. it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when, when Mom and Dad came in town in September. Yeah. Okay.
3: Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Out of the whole, huh. out of the whole tourist thing, that was. So what did that. they? What? What? what You'll now? have
0: to show me
4: where that's at. I don't Is it know. like I the,
3: for the water park? Or? The entire water that's inside of the whole
4: building, like, like the, the fall and all that.
3: Yeah, and it's never left. They've just like recirculated it, you know. But there's a place there, like. The one from South Dakota. There's only
1: one. It was from Pierre, South Dakota. So, like the, you're talking about the river where the, the yeah, little the boat log goes boat there. the boat ride. And what about the water park?
3: I don't know. That's I think it's just, just some surely that's water. filtered by the city of Nashville. <laughs> yeah, you would think. I think it's just the water, maybe inside of the yeah. where the boat goes. Okay. Huh. But you can walk on the backside. Right, actually, right when you know where people get on the boat, right just past that, there's like a little sign. I mean, it's like long. Of all the states and towns and everything.
4: Hmm. All the times I've been in there, never seen that. Yeah.
3: Gert, I would
1: like to give you an assignment.
3: Not on live podcast? Okay, cool. Uh-huh. Yeah, perfect.
1: Okay, so <laughs> everybody who comes to NWTF that has listened to the podcast this long has my permission to ask Gert if he completed this assignment. Oh, Lord. I want you to bring water from Somerville, Tennessee. And, it. and pour it into that river. Not out of the tap What if I get kicked out How I'll figure out how to get you Gert, Back nope. in All right. We gotta go to Wolf River After work We're gonna go get some of that mm. Wolf River water I'm thinking like Empty water bottle One of these puddles Out in the driveway Or Some, some of this some water Coming off the, off the Off the roof Like Not, not, just, not out of the not, tap yeah, I mean like That'd be just Ruining the moment
2: Yeah I mean that It's supposed to rain For the next few days So yeah. Set yeah, out a, a pot Put a pot Yeah exactly so collect, so that, some,
1: yeah. collect some real deal Holyfield Somerville, Tennessee, shop water. Okay. That's my mission.
2: Get a bucket. We got plenty of buckets. Well, maybe not. Oh, we you
4: gotta, I want to clean
1: them buckets. <laughs> 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 yeah. I think that you know, plastic a plastic bottle phone. would be just fine. We'll some of the buckets are just fine. Then you get the ones that Mark is mm. recycling coolant with out yeah. of the. Yeah. <laughs> yeesh. Or the Little green foam. foam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Lucky Charm foam. You can or, get really no arrested doubt. if
3: you did that, then, if you poured that in Or a three-time
0: bucket. <laughs> yeah. This is from Somerville. A was.
1: three-time bucket.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, that man. That bucket's in the dumpster. All right. Have we, have we beat this one to death? I think, I think we're done. I yeah. think it was
3: a good one, though. Good one.
1: I can't wait for people to blow this duck call. I was on the phone with Rich, and Rich goes... I bet you they're going
3: to pull it out of that box and just start blaring that thing.
1: (laughs) They might, but, man, I'm just... I don't know. I guess I'm a homer. I'm biased. I'm proud of what we created. Mm -hmm. I think it sounds great. I played the sound file that me and you recorded last night. I played it for Drake, and he said, Dang, that does sound like a keyhole. (laughs) (laughs) It does. Um, And it's it's just... I I like the way it sounds. I mean, it, it may not be for everybody, but... I'm proud of it. And uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It is. It's bye. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Vroom, vroom. All right. Catch y'all on the next one. See ya. See ya.